I want to talk this morning more about humbling ourselves rather than thinking about other people. You know, we talked the other week, didn't we, about measure what matters and looking at our own life rather than those around us. And this morning we're going to do that. Because in our society, I think, humility is one of these subjects that is quite underrated. It's not very rarely is it applauded for somebody who's humble. And actually, living in a world where perhaps um, we, we pursue things that uh, build us up uh, above other people, actually a kingdom attribute or attitude or lifestyle, which we're going to talk about this morning, is humility. To put ourselves before God and to, to lift him up before ourselves, but also in the lives of those around us, to lift others up as well. You know, we hear the great commandment, don't we, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He should be number one. And then it's to love your neighbor as yourself. So I think that there's a reason why God says those things, and we can bring that into the area of humility as well. So we're going to be reading, you've got the verses on your postcard, hopefully, uh, in Luke chapter 14, verses 7 to 12. It says, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come to you and say, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the place of least importance. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when the host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honoured in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's great, isn't it? I don't know if you've... uh, Just use your imagination for a moment. You turn up to a wedding, and you get up to the, the seating plan to find that there's no names. Somebody hasn't printed out the, the right place for where people to sit. So where do you go and sit? <laughs> do you take a place high up or, or low down? I, mean, I imagine very rare or very few people would actually go and sit on the top table. Because <laughs> you may, unless you've been told that that's where you're going to be sitting, you would get moved down. So I've never had that. Well, I have had a couple of friends actually turn up to a wedding uh, to, to the reception and they weren't actually invited. <laughs> that's a bit awkward, isn't it? But, but that's awkward and, and slightly embarrassing, but perhaps not so much embarrassing as being told to move from your seat somewhere less important. And that's what we hear in this parable, don't we? And I want to just encourage us perhaps this morning in just a few ways that we can humble ourselves before God and before other people. So one, that we get honoured by him, And two, that we don't get humiliated and that we don't get embarrassed and find ourselves in situations perhaps where our pride or things that get in the way really matters before ourselves and God and those around us. So the first really thing I want to talk about is that humility starts in our hearts. Humility flows from within. Often we can see it from outside and we can see if other people are humble or if they're proud. But actually, sometimes we can struggle to discern that for ourselves. You know, if you say to somebody, are you a humble person? If they say, yeah, I'm really humble, (laughs) something doesn't measure up, does it? Because that goes against what humility is about. But actually, there's something within ourselves that begins to bubble up and flow into our everyday lives. So we need to have an accurate perception of who we are. And that comes through spending time with God. 
Because I've met people, and I'm sure you, have, you know people, hopefully they're not sitting next to you, but that think quite highly of themselves. There's a few little smiles and awkward little nudges now. But actually, we have to make sure that we don't think too highly of ourselves. And actually, we need to see ourselves the way that the Lord sees us. It says in Romans 12, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has given to you. The great thing about this parable is that there was a host and that we were invited. And the same is with the kingdom of God. It's his, he's the king and we've been invited into that. Occasionally we can forget that and we think that we deserve to be where we are. We deserve and we're entitled to the blessings that God pours out to us. But actually we humble ourselves and say every good gift is from above. Everything that we have in this life is because of who God is, not because of anything we've done or, or whether we deserve it or not. So we need to make sure that we, we don't let pride take place in our life and keep a, a good heart in that. It says in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith that it's not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You know, pride has this mentality of deserving and that we're entitled, but humility recognizes that that's not the case. But whilst we, we may know a few people that are proud and that think highly of themselves, I've also known a lot of people that think very little of themselves and they struggle with self-worth and they feel that they don't deserve these things. Maybe they've come to church and they've heard teaching that we're sinners and we've fallen short of the, of the goodness of God. And, and that is true, but actually we need to realize that because we've been saved by grace, because of God's love for us, actually we've been brought back up. And that how God sees us is different to how we see ourselves sometimes. And we need to see ourselves and perceive these things in an accurate perception because it's almost like a false humility and God wants to bring us up. He, he sees you as a child of God and that we step into all of those things with humility. Many of you will have heard this famous quote by C.S. Lewis that humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less. So we're not to think less of ourselves, but actually it's more about looking to him in our lives and realizing he's the one that provides us with strength, with love, with all the things that we need in our life and recognize that we don't have to do that ourselves. Sinners saved by grace. But humility also reveals where our focus is. You know, it starts within, but actually you can tell very quickly from speaking to people where their heart is, you know, if it's about them or if it's about others. And I find as well, you're often drawn to people that are humble, aren't you? You know, you'd rather have a conversation with somebody who's humble because they're more likely to listen, perhaps. They're more likely to show an interest in your life and take, take note of the things. But it's really important, our focus. And a number of years ago, when I was at the college, we did uh, evangelism training, you know, how to share our faith. And when we were there, they said to... Um, Come up with a, a two-minute testimony. Tells people in the group about why and how you came to faith. And uh, so we all went through it. A number of students did it. And we had a bit of feedback at the end from the lecturers just to say, you know, what you could do better, how you could improve and things. And one thing that they said, which really stuck with me, I don't know if it was speaking about me in particular, but actually our testimony and our story should pe point people to God. 
and not about us. You know, a lot of the stories, all the testimonies that we can sometimes say is, I've done this, you know, I'm doing that, or I've come from this, and we talk about the things that we're doing. And it is part of the testimony, of course. I'm not saying you don't say those things. But as long as our heart and our focus is to lift him up, you know, and say the good things that God is doing in and through our lives. So I was really challenged by that, and and it comes again from the focus that we have. You know, when you have success or achievement, where do you point that to? Is it something that you've earned and deserved and worked hard for? Perhaps. But then what, where do you point that? We recognize that it comes from God and it's what he's done in our life. When we have material wealth, you know, some of you will be blessed with, with great wealth and great things in our life that, that we've maybe worked for again or, or maybe they've been gifts given to us. But actually, do we rec- say that that is because what we've done or our life or do we, again, say, God has blessed me and, look, and give him the praise and glory that we've been doing this morning? And sometimes as well, you know, I think this, this passage, he was, uh, I think, talking with the Pharisees a bit earlier on in the chapter. Sometimes it can filter into our religious activity as well. We can become proud in praying out loud, perhaps, or we can be proud in our giving. We can be proud in fasting, you know, I always find it a challenge. And, you know, when, when it comes to Lent, people uh, always say, oh, I'm giving up this, I'm doing that, I'm giving up this. You know, and I understand their heart behind it. You know, they're saying they're sacrificing these things. But it's almost like, look at me. You know, I'm giving up chocolate. Well done, you know. I think, or like, there's the things that they're giving up. And hopefully it's to draw closer to God. But with a humble spirit, you don't need to tell everyone. Because it's not about you. It's about the reason why you're doing those things. You know, I think it's really important that, not just with fasting, I guess that was just one thing, but in our lives and when we come to, to, to worship him and when we come to give our lives to God, how we live every day, it's important that we don't boast about that and we don't look to show off because that's what the Pharisees were doing. They had every religious act almost nailed. They could do everything, but they missed the point. Their heart was in the wrong place because it was more about them and what they were doing rather than about God and what he was doing. So humility flows from the heart. And uh, when we give our life to Jesus, it focuses from us to him. Humility is about being selfless rather than selfish. And it says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So humility, first and foremost, flows from the heart. But secondly, as we know, it is revealed in our actions. It's one thing to say, I have a humble heart, but people will know that by the way you live your life. You know, I wonder if you think of the people in your life that are humble, or that maybe you think is one of the humblest people that you know. What is it about them that you like? Why are they humble? It's because perhaps it's less about them. There's a great verse in John 3.30. I must decrease, he must increase. You know, just this mentality of always carrying that, saying, it's not about me, it's not about me. Because the world says it is all about you. And that's the world we live in, says it's all about you. Individualistic society, it says you can do what you want. As long as you feel good, go for it. But actually we deny ourselves, we deny the flesh, and we allow the Spirit of God to live in us. A number of years ago, I, uh, I was with a group of friends and 
we're just talking about different things, and it came up in conversation about uh, drinking alcohol. And uh, I said in the group that uh, I'd never drunk alcohol before. And uh, one of the guys said, oh, yeah, you've never told us that before. And, and I thought to myself, it was obviously in a sarcastic comment. And what I realized was <laughs> behind his comment was, you've told us that a few times, Matt. And for me, whilst I thought that was a great thing in the sense of, you know, I've never drunk alcohol, not that I'm against it, by the way. It's just that the decision I made. But actually, there was something in my spirit that had turned that decision into pride. I began to tell people what I'd done or, or the way I was living my life in almost a bragging way. And the Lord really spoke to me about that. I mean, I know I'm just telling you all that. So it's a bit hypocritical, really. It just goes against the whole point of humility. I, I didn't think about that. I hope you hear my heart behind it, but I felt convicted, you know, never not to bring that up in a way that sort of shows up, and here I am. Oh, the irony, the irony. Oh, dear, God. But pride is about my glory, and humility is about God's. You know, we want to lift God up, we want to draw attention to him and not us. We, we live where, in a world where technology has increased, and we see... Social media, one way that we can express our opinions, our thoughts, our words and things. And, we can, and whilst that is a great thing for technology, you know, speaking people all around the world, staying in touch with people on a regular basis, communication is great. But actually, I sometimes think we look at our news feed, is what we're saying about us and drawing attention to us? And you know, even with perhaps Facebook, it's about how many likes you get. Twitter, how many retweets you get, Instagram, likes. Sometimes we can feed off that because we want that affirmation for ourselves and the desire perhaps to be liked. Or, but actually, as believers, I don't think we necessarily need that. You know, because we are rooted in who God is and who he says we are. So actually, do, are what we're saying online, not just in person with one another, lifting him up, or are we trying to draw attention to ourselves? You know, I'm guilty of that, and I have to really keep myself in check in, in what I'm saying, what I'm posting, and stuff like that. But I think it's so important that we don't just think that that's something else, and we can say whatever we want on that platform. Because the way we live online either reflects Jesus or doesn't, just as much as how we talk and walk in everyday life, you know. Sometimes I think we split the two up, and it's really important that you know, most people that don't come to church will first check our website, or maybe will first see your Facebook page. And, and does that make people want to come to church? Does that make people want to ask about Jesus? Let's hope so, eh? And I just think it's just encouraging to think humility is really a wider spectrum of things. It says in Galatians 6, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, though which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world actually says that that's the one thing that we can boast in, that we can celebrate in, that we can show the love of God and the good news to the people around us. But it is how we act as well as what we say, isn't it? Uh, a number of years ago, I think uh, Don went out into the, the streets. We went out yesterday, actually. It was great. Um, but he, the healing on the streets that used to happen up uh, the spot, um, a bit further up in the city centre, and He said that actually one of the first times he went out, they asked him to kneel in public in front of everyone to pray. And as you can imagine, I don't know how you would have felt, but it's almost like breaking the pride within 
You know, to, to go out and to t- share your faith is a bit of a, a step in, but actually to, to kneel down in the public where your mates might walk past and go, what are they doing? You know, it, it doesn't look normal, but it's actually saying, I submit myself, I surrender, I humble myself before God and say, actually, I'm not, it's not that they don't care what other people think, but it's God's opinion is the most important. And I think that that act alone, you know, we see time and time again in the Bible, the act of kneeling resembles humility. You know, when we pray and we posture ourselves, is it sometimes, you know, we, these days, like, in, across the road, we've got these great sofas in the Hope Center, and when we pray, you think, oh. <laughs> but actually, the posture of kneeling actually says, I'm, it's less about my comfort, it's more about interceding and connecting with you. And that's why, you know, there are fasting, we deny ourselves because it's a battle against the flesh and the self and more pressing into the spirit and the things of God and saying, actually, this is more important. That's where humility is. There's a great verse again in Micah 6, 8 that says, what does the Lord require of you? Some of you will know this. It's to do justice, it's to love kindness, and it's to walk humbly with your God. I just came up with a, just a few ways that perhaps practically in your everyday life that you can walk humbly with God. The first is going last in situations. We often want to go first, don't we? But we know that anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Perhaps asking for advice. We don't always like to ask for advice because it shows that we don't know. But actually there's a spirit of humility when we ask for advice in life, but certainly in areas of faith as well, if we want to grow. When I was younger, I, uh, to my sins, I, I failed my science GCSE. And some of you might go, yeah, so did I, or it's not a big deal, but my dad was a science teacher. <laughs> so you can imagine his, uh, his disappointment. Um, and I look back now, and one of the reasons I look back and think, oh, there's perhaps a bit of pride in my life. I didn't want to ask him for help. <laughs> I didn't want to say, I mean, I didn't like science anyway, so that, that was beside the point. But I look back and think, actually, proud, a, a proud spirit really prevented me from, you know, whether I would have passed or not, if I'd asked his help or not. But I just think there's something in that. We need to be people that put aside our pride and are willing to ask for help. You know, sometimes we see that as a sign of weakness, asking for help. Where's the logic in that? Asking for help is a sign of strength, you know, in every area of life, and that's recognized as a humble spirit. Talking less and listening more. Sometimes we can talk a lot, but just to listen to what other people are saying, that really is an aspect of being humble. Apologizing. We don't like to apologize when we make mistakes, do we? When we do things wrong. We sometimes have to lower ourselves for the benefit of the relationship. We might not feel like we've done it wrong, something wrong, but we've fallen out. Actually, we need to apologize to restore that relationship. Admitting when we're wrong as well. That maybe falls into that same category. And giving others credit. I don't know how often you're quickly to give other people credit. We often want credit, don't we? We often want to be affirmed and say, that was great, or, you know, you did really well in that. But how quick are we to do that to other people? To lift them up in, in their journey? 
Just a, a silly illustration. The other day I went uh, bowling. I've, I've recently got into the bowling at Hollywood Bowl and the Into Centre. It's fantastic. Love that. But um, the other day I, uh, I was doing really well. I was getting strikes, talking about humility. I was doing great. <laughs> and, uh, and then the person I was playing against was doing great as well. So I was cheering for them, going, great, great. And then when my strike stopped, <laughs> I wasn't really keen on cheering him then. You know? I was a bit more like, ah. Um, but what, what, it's because I was happy to cheer them on when I was doing well. You know, but actually, we need to be people that cheer others on, even when we're struggling. We need to be a church that actually is always looking to lift up others. We don't always feel like it, and other people's lives might look better. You know, even again on, on social media, they portray their lives as best as possible. But actually, what's going on in our hearts? Are we people that are pressing in beyond our feelings and saying, you're great, you did really well at that. You know, one word of encouragement can change somebody's day, can change somebody's life, you know, just through one word. But sometimes that just takes a humble spirit and just takes that action of, of humility. So it's not just an attitude, but it's evident through our everyday behavior, putting others first. It flows from our heart, it's revealed through our actions. And thirdly, humility brings kingdom significance. When the day I die, it's not a very exciting moment, admittedly, but I want to be remembered in the kingdom of God more than on earth. I want to be remembered by not just what I've done and the things I've said, etc., etc., but I want to know that God is pleased with me more than anyone else. You know, his opinion matters more than anybody else's. You know, when we give our life to Jesus, it's more about seeking his kingdom first. Putting aside our agenda, putting aside our desires. Sometimes he gives us the desires of our heart, you know, when we seek him and delight ourselves in him. But I want to pursue his kingdom with my whole heart. And actually what we read from this passage in the parable is that God honors the person who humbles himself. And the person that lifts himself up is humiliated. I think there's something really powerful in that, in the sense of actually if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. We might not see that this side of eternity, but I think that there's something worthwhile looking forward to. There's a reward. It says in Proverbs, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. It says in 1 Peter 5 that God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. You want God's favor in your life? Be humble. You know, sometimes we look for lots of different ways to find favor, certainly with God. But being humble is one clear way we read. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. There's a clear indication that being humble is good, not just for everyday life, but in the kingdom of God. There's a really importance for that and there's a real significance and a reward for that. In the story here, in the parable, humility. Is it echoing a bit? Are we all right? It says, friend, move up to a better place. There was a relationship there. There was a, uh, and actually, he recognized that there was a real importance in humbling himself. And he said, friend. You know, you want to be called a friend of God, don't we? We are friends of God, those that, that know him. But he said to the other person, give this person your seat. It's almost quite direct, isn't it? You know, if you, somebody sits in your seat in church, give this person your seat. 
How would you feel? Maybe you just get up and move, but you know, if you say, friend, move over to this seat, you know, there's just that spirit about it, isn't it? And I think that comes through humility. That comes through submitting our agenda aside. It builds relationships with other people. You know, we said already about how we can connect with one another through being humble, but actually it draws us closer to him as well. It draws us closer to him. And whilst one of the reasons I think that there's such a value on humility in the kingdom of God is because not only do we draw closer to him as a result, but actually other people are attracted to that humility within us. They're attracted to that Christ-like characteristic and says, yeah, I want to, be, I want to spend time with you, and then you have an opportunity to, to lead people to him. There's this attribute that brings people closer to God. And I think the more that we live that, not just for our own good, not so we can have favor, but actually so we see other people come to know him. You know, as we've already been praying, we want to see this, this city saved. We want to see people come to know the love of God. It might be just one act of humility that can do that. It might be just setting aside your agenda and, and going out of your way to help someone, to lift them up and take an interest in their life. I think that's one key reason. But we know that Jesus was the best at showing humility, lifting others up. He healed the lepers. He washed the disciples' feet, forgave the adulterous woman. Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, the reason we humble ourselves before God is because he's already humbled himself before us. He set aside his agenda. He submitted to his Father's will. And we have a choice how to react. You know, that's what I love. God doesn't force us. And at this wedding banquet, you have a choice where you sit. You have a choice whether you're humble or not. He doesn't force you to. But actually, the consequences of your life will have an effect of whether you sit in a place of low position or whether you seek to be proud and seek to boast and seek to be all about you. You know, we see that in our lives, don't we, sometimes? But I think that it's really important that we process that and that we just put ourselves at the last place. Jesus invites us into this relationship with him because of what he's done for each and every one of us because of his death on the cross. You know, we remember those that have given their lives in wars earlier on. And, but we also, as Christians and believers, remember the most important death in history and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the reason we get so excited, and I heard him, I also missed a great service last week, you know, just the Spirit of God just really moving. And, you know, the Ladies' Day yesterday, you know, just people really connecting with God and, that's why we're here, you know, we're not just here for, a, you know, just all get together, have a great time and go out again, but actually we're here because we believe Jesus died and rose again, correct? Yeah, you know, if that's not the, the reason we're here, if that's not, you know, we're, we're wasting our time, aren't we? You know, that is the reason, because Jesus died and rose again, because he humbled himself, we have a choice in how to respond to that. We can either humble ourselves and live for him or not. And there may be a few people here today that have never made that decision to follow Jesus. And maybe some of the things I talk about, kingdom's significance and a life that, that God will show favor to. And I just want to encourage you, you know, if that's you, just to come see us again after the service. You know, there'll be people here to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you a bit more and give you some literature. It's the best decision you'll ever make to follow Jesus. 
to give your life to him. So humility flows from the heart. It's revealed through our actions and it enhances that. And it, um, so it brings kingdom significance. I wonder if we just stand for a moment. I know being humble isn't an easy thing. Some, it takes time, maybe practice, and, it, and it's just one of those areas that can be a little bit hard to set aside who we are for, for Jesus. But as we've already sang, Jesus paid it all. I wonder if the band could just come back up as well. I just want to pray for us this morning. If we just close our eyes. Pride is one of those things that we're not always aware of in our life. So I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal areas in our life that we just need to bring before the Lord. Maybe it's something that we've shown off about or we've boasted about. Or maybe it's just we need to just humble ourselves before him again. Also just want to pray that we can give thanks for Jesus' example to us and how we can respond with love and grace with a humble heart and that people will see Jesus in and through our lives. So Lord, we thank you that you are with us everywhere we go. We thank you that you love us for who we are, Lord, and even though all our mistakes, all our flaws, Lord, that there's grace in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to have it all together before we come to you. Well, Lord, I pray that you shape us and mould us into the men and women that you call us to be. And that as we've talked about shining our light, Lord, I pray that we'll do that and we'll focus on you. We'll measure what matters, Lord. Lord, we'll do the things, we'll go against the flow, we'll do the things that you call us to in your word. But Lord, help us to humble ourselves the things that are not of you, Lord. We just bring them before you now. Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in us. I thank you that you're a God who forgives our sins. We bring them to you now, Lord. And we pray that as we go from this place, you know, we're going to sing one final song in a moment, but as we go from this place, God, that your presence will go with us, that people will see you in us through our humble lives, through our humility, because of all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing one final song before we go. Just a reminder, um, the men's breakfast next week, uh, the shoebox appeal, uh, the deadline is next Sunday.